Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2,124. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina, with a very special guest by the name of Daniel Valjevac. Daniel, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear? And are you ready to release the clutch? Yes, sir. Thank you for having me on. You bet. We're going to have some fun today. Uh, Daniel and I had a really nice pre-show chat. It's one of the joys I get here of being on Cars Yeah, because many of my guests I've never met before, but I always say it's like uh, Forrest Gump's box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get, but it's pretty tasty. And this first question I have for you, Daniel, before I introduce you, sometimes reveals some interesting things. Would you share one thing that maybe most people don't know about you? Yes. So uh, one of the things that many people don't know about me is that I was uh, born in a small country called Serbia and uh, my family immigrated to U.S. when I was uh, 12 years old. Wow. That was in 1995. That must have been a huge cultural shocker to a 12-year-old. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I came here with, didn't speak a word of English, moved into a little town called Patterson, New Jersey, started in sixth grade, didn't even know how to say, can I go to the bathroom uh, wow. or anything like that. So oh it was within, I would say four or five months, I was speaking English fluently <laughs> as yeah. best as I could. Sure. And, uh, you know, just going by my day, you know, as a kid, you you pick up pretty quickly. Uh, but, you know, my parents were older and they still speak with broken English. My brother was a lot older when he came to. He was about seven years older than me. And, um, you know, when we stand next to each other, people are like, you guys are brother, but how does he have an accent and you don't have an accent? <laughs> you have a little bit of almost a Southern accident from North Carolina. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. So I moved to North Carolina in 06 from New Jersey. So New oh, um, Jersey. Oh my gosh. Yeah, what a, so, wow. You went from one culture to one culture to another culture. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Wow. Exactly. And I love it down here. It is awesome. Yeah. I would never move out of Carolina. Well, what a wonderful story. And oh, gosh, Serbia, boy, went through a horrific time period there. It did. It did. And we lived, we lived through some of that stuff, oh. uh, especially being my mom was Serbian. My dad's Bosnian. Oh, uh, gosh, you know, wow. so it was the two countries are fighting and we always lived in Serbia. So that's when my parents were like, OK, we had enough. We got to let's get out go of here. and uh, try, you know, get a better life for our kids. Yeah. Well, you know, United States and still the bastion for freedom. And I've had so many people be on the show that came like you as children, their parents got away from a bad situation and wanted the best for their kids. And I'm sure your parents worked their tails off exactly to do this for you and your brother. And uh, wow, it's a real honor to be able to talk to you. This is wonderful. Well, let me give you a proper Thank introduction. You. You're welcome. We're going to talk about a cool business that you've created. Daniel Valjevac is the owner of Retro Designs, where he and his team provide a premium level of quality craftsmanship in reimagining classic cars, providing work on everything from Gen 5 Camaros to vintage Porsches. He's a longtime automotive enthusiast with a specific interest in classic automobiles with several 
award-winning cars, trucks, and bikes under their belts, Retro Designs has established themselves as a reliable firm to build your dream classic car. Following many years in the automotive industry, Daniel and his team pursue perfection with every build, offering on-site fabrication, restoration, paint. Daniel and the Retro Design team ensure they provide everything to create the perfect vehicle for every one of their customers. We'll be back in just a moment, but first a word from our sponsors, so give them a little love, and we'll be right back. Covercraft's newest three-layer all-climate cover is especially engineered for moderate weather conditions, and it's treated with an extra UV-resistant formula. It's soft, it's breathable, and it's easy to store, all while pampering your paint, providing maximum UV, rain, and dust protection. If you live where it's windy, no worries. Simply add their gust guards for windy conditions to add extra protection to keep your cover in place. Your three-layer all-climate cover is custom-tailored with Covercraft's attention to detail, form and fit with the quality and attention to detail that's been their tradition since 1965. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft, too. Every one of my vehicles is protected with a Covercraft cover. And I have a deal for you. Use the code yeah 21 Y-E-A-H-2-1 at Covercraft.com and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order plus free shipping. That's right. So get 10% off with free shipping by simply using the code yeah 21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. When it was time to renew my collector car policy, my carrier raised my rates by a lot. But why? My usage was the same, my car's value was the same, and I had never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. The only change was their rate, and they had no reason why. What's with that? I researched my options, I spoke to others, and with American Collectors Insurance, what a difference. A live person actually answers the phone. She spent time learning about me and provided a reasonable quote. Why wait until your next premium is due? Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote. Call 866-AC1-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine. Mark Green at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. So, Daniel, we're back, so I want to dive a little deeper into the corner, as I like to say, and talk a little bit more about how you started your business, because there are a lot of designers out there, a lot of fabricators, a lot of people that do what you do, but you guys have a really unique twist and a different approach with many of your builds. But let's start with how this all started. So I always said love for anything mechanical and cars. Went to college uh, to be an industrial designer. Wanted to pursue, you know, automotive career. So after graduating, after leaving college, actually a semester short from graduating, my parents wanted to kill me. Uh, yeah, I can only imagine. <laughs> I moved to uh, North Carolina and went to uh, a tech school to learn more hands-on uh, and okay. to you know, get my hands-on experience while I was down here. Got a job at a restoration shop, and from there, it just I fell in love with restoration work and fabrication work. Worked there for a few years, and then I was about early 20s. My dad came to me, and he says, okay, what are you going to do? Are you going to work for somebody for the rest of your life, or are you going to start doing your own thing? <laughs> Good for your dad. I said, I guess start doing my own thing. Yeah. And from there, uh, me and my wife invested 
all of our money. We built a 6,000 square foot facility and opened a shop where it was half of the shop was rented out and the other half we used for our own shop. So that way- Very smart. Generate some income. Exactly. And- in mix of all of that, we found out we just got married. We found out we're pregnant. So it was one of those deals that my wife's like, well, what do I do? Do we, you know, put our kid in daycare or do we, do I stay home with our kid? It was a tough decision, but we decided for her to stay home and help me with the business there and run go. all the book work and the back end of the business so I can concentrate on actually working and building these cars out and getting them out the door. Here we are 12 years later, very successful business and just kept on growing every year. We took over a little bit more of that shop and then we moved to another shop in that business park. Right now we're moving into a almost 30,000 square foot facility that we're in the middle of that move right now. Wow. You know, holy cow, what an American dream story here. This is exactly, exactly. This is absolutely incredible. You know, you made one of the best choices and you know it now. At the time, I know it was hard. My wife and I went through the same thing with our children. She was a working engineer, had a nice degree, nice job. And uh, I was part of a startup company and we we're trying to figure out how are we going to do this? We moved away from all of our family support to get out of the state of California because it was just not conducive to business. Uh, moved up here to Washington. And we did the exact same thing. And when you're doing it, it's really tough. But when you look back, and I'll tell you, you already know this, but when you look back and you raise your own children, you're able to figure out a way to do that. Best choices you ever made. And I loved what you did with your business. You figured out a way to create and invest in something that it could still generate some income while you built a business. I mean, you dropped a lot of golden nuggets on us today, Daniel. We did. We did. <laughs> and, and we try to, you know, we try to just keep going. You know, yeah. we built that building and it was right around 2009-ish. Oh, so still ouch. the economy yeah. was oh. not there. And I was like, oh my goodness, how am I going to rent this shop now? And then within a couple of weeks, the shop was rented. I was working and then um, word of mouth, you know, started doing one car and then we took it to a few shows, won some shows and just word of mouth got out. And then from there on, it just took off and, sure. and we're just like a well, oil machine, just build cars. Oh, it's so easy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just a lot of hard work. Well, let's talk about your actual business because on your website, you have a very cool website and there's a great video there of a build you did for a guy, an old Chevy. And and I watched that and I went, okay, these guys are doing something different than, uh, and I will never say simple restoration because no restoration ever is simple. You start to pull a car apart and you figure, figure out this onion either smells really sweet or starts yes, to make sir. you cry. So. Yeah. But let's talk about how you approach some of your, and in your intro, I use the word reimagined builds. How do you approach builds and do most of your clients want you to do something very unique and almost outlawish? If you think about like a Rod Emery Porsche 356 build or a John Wilhoy build, outlaws, cars, and this is kind of a new thing too, isn't it? It really is. And I have some of the greatest clients in the world. I know everybody says that, but they really do let me, you know, a lot of them come in and they just hand us the car and say, I want you guys to do what you guys do best. And, uh, uh, you know, they, they really open the book for us and say, you guys can do whatever you want to do. And uh, and then I get some clients that have some crazy ideas like that 56 Bel Air. And yeah. they came to me and they were like, hey, we're going to do this and we're going to bring it to SEMA this year and we're going to put it in Mobile One booth. And I was like, okay. Wow. And that car went over great. I mean, 
it was just amazing car. Yeah, I still to this day people are like, aren't you guys that build that fifty six? It, it was called Busta Bella. That's yes. the, the the car was named. Aren't you guys that build that Busta Bella? I'm like, yeah, yeah. That what car year was that car at SEMA? Two thousand and sixteen, I believe. Six, I I saw that car. Yeah, it was I, in a Mobile One. Booth. Yes. Yep. Uh huh. Yeah, I do remember that car because you walk up to it and you went, wait a minute. What's going yeah. on here? <laughs> yeah, it's a little wild. Yeah, a little? Uh, yeah, a <laughs> lot. A lot. But we do cars like that, and then we also do you know, specialize in, in frame-off restorations where mm-hmm. we're trying to get this car back to original as possible. We have a client that we restore a lot of Broncos for. Oh, nice. And um, um, he sends us you know, two or three Broncos at a time, and these have oh to be – you know, showroom restorations where they're as back to original as we can get them. So, um, so we do a little bit of both and I, and I'm not afraid to take on a challenge. And, and my guys always laugh where they're like, we don't know what's going to come through the door. Um, because it can be a Porsche, it could be a 56 Chevy, it could be, you know, a Bronco. That's where I think with years, um, being in this business, we've pivoted as the trends came and gone. Um, so, you know, at one point we were just doing 69 Camaros, you know, now it's vintage four-wheel drive. Everybody wants a vintage four-wheel drive vehicle. So I think it's important to follow the trends and kind of pivot your business as the trends turn. Oh, absolutely. Now, let me ask you this. What are you seeing in the last, say, three to five years of what people want and the client base? Because for so many years, uh, I'll speak for myself, us baby boomers were predominantly the ones reliving our youth uh, through having things built for us that go back to time. For me, I was in high school in the 70s, so love 70s sports cars. Exactly. That's kind of that period, but I also like 60s and 50s. And uh, But do you, are you seeing now this uh, newer generation of young people coming forward? Forward and wanting builds and what kind of cars did they want? So yes, I see um, a, a lot of different trends are turning now. So um, last maybe two years, uh, our most popular thing has been vintage four-wheel drives from okay. uh, K5 Blazers to Broncos to Land Cruisers. I'm also seeing a lot of the guys there in their mid 30s to mm-hmm. late 40s or mid 40s, a lot of the import cars that we didn't even think about doing are being restored right now. So like we have a, a Nissan Skyline R33 in the <laughs> shop right now nice. that we're redoing because that was his dream car. And now he's at the point where he can afford to build one. Exactly. So we're, you know, restoring this 90s car. Um, but but yeah, I, I've seen, I'm seeing a lot of the import cars being brought back in and restored along with the vintage four-wheel drive stuff. Yeah, kind of the Radwood concept. Exactly. Well, you know, this is the cool thing because for those of us who love vehicles, as I mentioned, we go back to our youth. We kind of want to relive our youth. But one thing that I've really changed, and it sounds like you're doing this too, even with that Bel Air build, is a lot of people want these old cars, but when they get in them and drive them, they go, uh, kind of let yeah. me down a little bit. The brakes aren't good. Doesn't, you know, I won't say it doesn't always work, but it doesn't work like their Camry or their Corvette, you know, the current Corvette or Mercedes, whatever they drive to work every day. So I'm seeing a lot more people wanting to take that old car feel, but doing something different. And that Bel Air build, talk a little bit about that Bel Air build, because that's kind of a, I don't know if it's an outlier for you, but that was an outlier car, I think, because of what that client wanted. So, yeah, I mean, uh, we took a car that was literally sitting away, rotting in a junkyard, had a perfect patina on it. We worked 
hard, very hard on preserving that patina. There's been probably more man hours in getting the, that car to look the way it is than if we were going to paint a car. Wow. Because the client wanted it, when you came up and touched the car, he wanted it to feel smooth and oh. no ripples and stuff like that. So what we did is we, we cleaned the patina and then we started clearing the car and putting many layers of clear wow. and wet sanding in between those clears and then finally finishing the car with a satin clear. So it, it looks almost looks like it's wrapped and a lot of people would come up and try to scratch and they're like, oh, you guys wrapped this. And we're like, no, it's real actual patina. Yeah. And then what we did is on that client's car, we put a, a, a new front clip. So that provided him with disc brakes, power disc brakes. We upgraded the rear end, you know, four link suspension, air ride suspension on it. And then we went with a LS3 connecting cruise motor and, you know, upgraded the motor, transmission, brakes, you know, the whole drivetrain. And it makes it so nice to drive. You can get out in that car and drive and cruise around and still has the feel and the look of the old car, but it's really not that old car. Right. So you can stop safely. I mean, that's the thing exactly. with a lot of these old cars. The brakes are just no good. And exactly, uh, you go to brake like you do, like I say, in your Camry or whatever it is you drive and you go, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's one of my first questions I, I ask a lot of customers. I'm like, have you ever – somebody will come to us and they were like, oh, I want to restore this car back to all original. I'm like, first of all, let's – have you ever owned an old car? Well, no. I'm like, okay, let's go for a ride in an old car and I want you to drive it and really experience an old car before we go down this road. Because a lot of times if you never owned an old car, you don't know how they drive and that's how they drove brand new. You know, yeah. they were never meant to handle and, and drive with today's standards of cars. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Well, you guys are doing some wonderful things and you do a wide variety of services for clients right there in-house? Yes, sir. So we do, uh, the only thing we don't do in-house is the actual engine machine work. Mm -hmm. But we do, you know, we have a full upholstery shop, full fabrication shop, full paint shop, and then uh, the whole mechanical and assembly shop. So we try to keep everything in-house. I uh, try to outsource as little as possible just so we can keep the control of the vehicle and keep on the time frame, you know, of the vehicle built. You know, that's really wise. I, I have a friend and he's been on the show a few times, Bruce Canapa. Okay. Uh, Canapa Design. And that's one of the things, you know, he's has built an incredibly successful business. And one of the things he said he learned early on was to do as much in-house as humanly possible because many shops, and I get it, they start off one, two guys and they send all these things out and trying to coordinate all that and get it back. Oh, it's horrible. And then get it back in the quality you expected and then you've got to send it back again. I mean, so controlling, you're doing things right. Uh, just and that's based how on, we, yeah. that's kind of what happened is we were getting stuff and it wasn't up to par. So we were having having to redo stuff. And, you know, that was all in our time. And then, then I was like, oh, man, you know, we're wasting so much time doing this. So that's when we just every year we added more and more and more. And then here we are. So one of the things that I've heard from lots of people is is finding great help. And I've got RPM Foundation and Tech Force Foundation are two mm -hmm. groups that I'm involved with as charities here. I support them to try to help young people and even older people who are changing career paths, perhaps, get into the automotive industry. How has that been for you as finding skilled, qualified people or bringing people in and, and teaching them? How do you keep your staff working so that uh, you can do all the services you need to do? 
So luckily, where we're located, we're located right inside the NASCAR country. And uh, with that being said, we have so many skilled fabricators, paint body guys, mechanics. They're working on, you know, million dollar race cars on daily basis. So our help pool is large here. And there's a lot of people in this area and a lot of resources in this area that is just amazing. Yeah. You know, another smart thing you did there, Daniel, it's about when you think about real estate and where you're going to locate, what are the three best words? Location, location, location. Exactly. So it sounds like you uh, thought all that through. Fantastic. What a business you built. Really, my hat's off to you. you. You're welcome. I like to ask people about what I call driving inspirations, influential people, inspirational people, mentors. Has there been somebody like that in your life? I mean, it sounds like your dad was the great first pusher. (laughs) I I would first person that comes to my mom, it's uh, my mind is probably my parents. Uh, You know, we came here with nothing, lived in a one bedroom apartment, you know, just really nothing. And then my dad opened a construction business within living here for a few years and grew that business into a multimillion dollar business. Wow. And that's still, you know, I think he's opened it in the late 90s and it's still going. Uh, My brother manages that business now where my dad has stepped down and is enjoying life now, but probably my parents, you know, just, just pushing us and, and raising me and my brother to have, you know, morals and standards and how to treat people and, and working hard is the number one thing for my dad. And, uh, you know, I, I, through college, I remember this, I would work with him construction. And if he said, we're leaving at six 30, you better be ready at six 30 <laughs> wheels up. Leaving. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. He's gone. He's gone. And, and that's like one of my biggest pet peeves. My wife is always like, why do you, why do you care to be so much on time? I'm like, <laughs> yep. I don't know. It's just been beating my head all over yep. the years. Uh, but, um, probably my mom and my dad are the biggest influences. And even like, you know, nowadays I'll have a bad day. I'll admit it. I call my mom every day (laughs) and talk to her and she's always got some kind of word of wisdom, you know, Uh you know, to, to, to provide you with. Wow. You're very fortunate. Um, Thank you. You know, those of us who have had great parents and I had the same, it taught a great work ethic and honesty and value of working hard and creating your own thing. Um, So many people don't have that in their lives. So they've got to go seek that out and find other people to get that from. So uh, again, very, very fortunate. We'll take a short break. We come back. Let's talk a little bit about a challenge because I'm guessing you were put up against a couple challenges in building your own brand. Uh, So keep that thought in mind and we'll be right back. You listeners know I've been into car care my entire life. I am so excited to team up with AutoGeek in 2022. AutoGeek.net has been a leading source of auto detailing products, accessories, and expert knowledge for more than 20 years. What started in 1997 as a mail order catalog company has grown into a multi-website based e-commerce store that they are today. With a large online presence on its own website featuring close to 100 different brands, AutoGeek has grown to be the largest car care retailer in the country. AutoGeek's wholesale program serves accounts in over 30 countries and its retail sector ships worldwide. Go to AutoGeek.net for the best product selection on the internet today and their stellar technical support. AutoGeek.net. It's where I go for all my detailing needs. That's AutoGeek.net. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion 
based on first-hand experiences. A talented linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe, and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. 20, 50, or 100 years from now, will there be a workforce to care for the collector vehicles we love? With auto shop programs disappearing across the country, it's a question we enthusiasts have to ask. That's why I support the RPM Foundation, which exists to ensure that the critical skills necessary to preserve and restore these vehicles aren't lost to time. One of the many ways RPM, which is short for Restoration, Preservation, and Mentorship, is accomplishing this goal is through workforce development initiatives. The RPM Apprenticeship Program enables the next generation of artisans to earn a living while they learn the craft of restoring and preserving these vehicles directly from industry professionals. The Endangered Skills Program documents the process of masters training future craftspeople on a variety of critical skills in danger of being lost forever. For more information on how the RPM Foundation is driving the future of the collector vehicle skills trade, visit RPM Foundation today. They're one of the charities of choice here on Cars Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about this great challenge, obstacle, failure. It doesn't really matter what it is. It's more about what it taught you so you can move forward in a positive way. So take us on a bit of a, a rough journey. So when we first started the business, like I said, I was probably early 20s. And I remember this to this day, clients calling me and say, hey, can you come over to my house and look at a car? I'm like, sure. I'll you know, schedule an appointment. I go out there to look at a car or a project. And they're like, oh, so you're here to look at the car for your dad, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no I, I'm the guy, you know? And then to be honest with you, we lost a good bit of customers at front, at, at first at the beginning of the business because of that, because I was so young and uh, um, they didn't trust us. And, uh, you know, it, that was a big challenge, just showing them that we could do the work and provide great work. And uh, um, I remember one customer coming to me and we're still best of friends. I call him, he's like my sales guy because he's always talking so much about us. And he came to us, he's one of our first customers. He's like, are you good? And I'm like, well, I'm okay, you know? (laughs) And he's like, he's like, that sold me right there. He's like, you didn't have big ego, you know? And he's like, most of the shops you go to, you know, they want to show you what they can do. And, and, uh, you know, we built multiple cars for him. Uh, But that was one of the first challenges was just kind of Showing them that we that. can do, yeah. yeah, that we can do this work, and then being in a restoration business, it's tough because there's no courses, there's no, there's nothing, there's no handbooks. You right. know, if you want to be a real estate agent, you go to a course and they teach you everything about real estate. There's really nothing about a restoration shop. And when I first opened the restoration shop. I, I didn't want it to be a restoration hangout shop. I wanted it to be a successful business. And that's how I ran it from day one. You know, we're here to work. We're not here to hang out. We got customers, you know, and uh, I'm trying to stay on their cars, trying to stay on the schedules, budgets, and the whole nine yards. So, you know, just developing different systems. How do you log time? How do you keep a journal? How do you, you know, 
communicate with the customers. It was really never a book of saying, hey, this is what you need to do. Here's a program you buy and this and that. So that was a big challenge. And still to this day, we're always tweaking something, trying to make it better. You know, there's a great book that comes to mind as you mentioned that. We're going to talk about a book in a little bit that you might recommend. And it's The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. Have you ever read that book? I have not. You should get it. It it really changed in a company I was involved with. It really changed our entire focus. And it talks a lot about systems, procedures, how to create those in a business. And, and what it also teaches you is that going down the future, it helps you scale and expand your business because you set these things up so that you can step out. So you're not exactly. working in the business all the time. You can start working on your business. And uh, yeah, Michael Gerber's book, The E-Myth, and he's written I'm some- on. I'll definitely check that yeah, out. Yeah, he's written some follow-up books for specific industries. In fact, I hired a contractor to work on my house that was a super nice guy, but he was challenged uh, <laughs> in, in so many ways. It was mainly with his subcontractors and not knowing how to manage them. And I bought him a copy of that that book. That's awesome. That was dedicated, that's awesome. I'll definitely get that. Yeah, it was dedicated to contractors and that business as well. Because that's, that's an, you know, contracting, building homes, very much like building houses. You've exactly. got to manage the project and manage the people. And if you don't, everything falls apart. So exactly. Yeah, very cool. How about a bucket list going forward? Do you have some big, bold, audacious goals to, to quote another book? Uh, Jim Collins, good to great, uh, that yeah, you'd like to uh, build yeah. your build your business towards? Um, so right now we're, like I said, we're moving into this new facility. Yeah. Uh, we're in middle of upgrading. I mean, we went all out, uh, you know, state of the art paint booths, uh, um, we're making a design center so where the customers can really sit down and oh we can you know, pick out fabrics and colors and uh, do renderings of the cars and it's just making a good experience. And uh, um, that's been my goal for a long time, just expanding the business. And, um, you know, I think we're almost there with, with this project, getting this shop going. Uh, probably the next step of the business will be developing some parts that we have you know, used and made over the years. So probably once we get this building going and everything smoothed out, uh, probably get into some parts development, uh, swap kits and stuff like that. Wow, dude, you're killing it. That's just uh, awesome. So let's talk about a special vehicle in your life. Now, in your case, maybe this is a build. It could be a first build or it could be a build you did that was super special, or it could be a car that you own that you really love quite a bit. Take us on a little bit of a ride. Probably will be my first build that I did as a shop. Uh, this gentleman from New Jersey gave me a chance and pretty much brought us a, it was a 1932 Plymouth Coupe. He bought it. It was rolled over in late 30s and it was parked in a garage and he bought it and the roof was crushed and all this stuff. And he was, he brought it to us, gave me a chance, said, hey, here's a car, build me some cool, kind of gave me some ideas and just left me alone. Nice. Six to eight months later, we had his car done and, you know, started taking to shows. And that's really what put us on the map. And, uh, you know, I did. And I think that this, you know, the other day I was thinking about it and we built everything from the frame and everything was hand fabricated in-house by me and another guy that was working with me at the time. And uh, um, Bobby, the owner of the car, really became like family to us. Um, I remember we got invited to go to a show in Indianapolis and I call him up. I'm like, Bobby, hey, we're invited to go to the show, but I don't have a truck and a trailer to take your car up there. He says, he says, okay. He's like, let me see if one of my drivers, he owns a big trucking company. Let me see one of my drivers is around. So he sends us a brand new dually and an enclosed trailer to take up there. He's like, just keep it down there and use it 
as you need it. Oh my gosh. And wow. uh, I was like, Bobby, I'm taking this up to Indianapolis downtown. He's like, just leave it on the side of the road. If they want to take it, they can take it. And uh, Bobby's really one of my first true customers that really pushed us and uh, made our business go in the direction that it is now. And we still build cars for him. But that 32 Plymouth, he still owns it. He's got a big collection up there. That 32 Plymouth is very dear to my heart because after we built it, he left it with me for probably a year and uh, just let me go to different shows and events and just promote our business with it. And uh, it really, that that car helped our business tremendously. What a wonderful mentor. I mean, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Very fortunate. So I'm going to be your car psychologist and crawl into your skull a little bit here, Daniel. If you were reincarnated, okay. pun intended, as a vehicle, what would you be and why? Oh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. <laughs> I would say probably a Land Cruiser FJ40. Okay. And why is that? A little different. Um, yeah. They're just a, a tough, resilient vehicle that just kind of keeps going no matter what you do with it. And that's that's been a proven vehicle within time. You know what I mean? You see everywhere, South America, uh, Middle East, those vehicles oh, are everywhere. running around like crazy. And I just think the toughness of that vehicle, the resilience, and just kind of keeps going and keeps trucking along. Have you guys built those, restored those? Yes. So we have a, a another part of our business that we can maybe talk about another time that just does those vehicles. Oh, okay. Especially uh, yes. FJ4. Yeah. Well, I tell you, those things, the Broncos, the, the K5 Blazers, all these kinds of Jeeps uh, have really exactly. become, as you said, fun cars for people to restore. And I've had plenty of folks on the show that actually do that specifically. And they, they kind of do... Um, where they they bring them back or reimagine them, put like you said, all great new lane, running gear exactly. and stuff. So they run better because those cars weren't really the best driving, <laughs> for no, fun cruisers, definitely uh, not. But they could get the job done. Now I like to ask people how they like to help others because you've been helped by so many people, great mentors. One of the ways I see that someone like you helps others is you create jobs. And to me, the people who build businesses and create jobs are the heroes because they enable other people to be self-sufficient. But are there some ways that you like to give back and help others in the automotive sector? So there's few shops around here. There are new shops and they're always, you know, calling me, asking me questions. And I'm always, I always tell them I'm an open book, you know, ask me what you want to ask me. You know, I, I will show you how we keep track of time, how we do this, how we invoice, um, pretty much anything, how we do with this business. Um, also, um, I'm big on like, you know, tech training and, and kids getting through schooling and not everybody can be a lawyer. Not everybody can be an architect. You know, we still need guys to work. Um, so I've been trying to um, last couple of years really push that and try to get involved with some schools that I can, you know, maybe help out these kids and show them that, hey, this is you can make a good living working with your hands and uh, have fun. Exactly. And going through a trade school and, and, and becoming something out of yourself. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's awesome. How about, I mentioned that earlier, great books. Is there a great book you'd like to share with our listeners? Today? So, yeah, um, I really fell in love with uh, Tim Grover oh, yeah. um, because <laughs> we kind of have the same background. He's an immigrant and me too. So both of his books, uh, the last two, Winning and Relentless, I think are really great books. Um, I actually told my 
10-year-old daughter. I'm like, you really need to read this book. I'm like, it might be some words that I have to black out, but I mean, you really need to read this to set you up for life. Yeah, yeah. Tim's Tim's a great author. Awesome. I'll add these books to uh, an area on the Cars yeah website called awesome. Guest Recommended Books. There's over 2,500 books listed there by my inspiring automotive enthusiast guests, and I will, uh, or I do put links to all of them, making it very easy for you to add this to your library and to your minds. All right, I'm going to enable you today to go on the ultimate drive. What this means is I'm going to buy you any car in the world, Daniel. You can take nice. it anywhere in the world. I'm a nice guy. I bought a lot of cars. I might not awesome. have any money yeah. left at all. And uh, <laughs> and uh, you can take it anywhere in the world. And you can take anybody or people, even people who have passed, which opens up the world of opportunities. So what does the ultimate drive look like for you? Hmm. Well, the person that comes to my mind is probably Michael Jordan. Oh, uh, my wife always, always, she's like, you're like a little schoolgirl if you ever <laughs> met that guy. She's like, I don't know, you know, growing up watching basketball, he's always been, you know, my hero. I never amazing, played basketball. Amazing guy. I never, you know, was involved in basketball, uh, but just always looked up to that guy and his resilience and his ethic and his work ethic. So probably be him. Okay. So that means you're going to need a car that's not too too small. Exactly. Not a small car. Maybe <laughs> yeah. to, at this point, the car would really, really not matter to me. I would just love to dig into his, you know, knowledge and, and find out his, you know, just get as much information as I can from him. Um, maybe like a bigger car, uh, like an S-Class Mercedes or something yeah. quiet that yeah. we can talk, maybe some mountain road, just cruising around and, and just, just get as much knowledge from him as I can. Yeah. Amazing, uh, world he's created for himself. And if you go back and read about him, I mean, he, it took him a while to become exactly. a good player, but it, it's a testament to just massive hard work. And then exactly, and then I think he, he probably had some great mentors around him to help him maneuver through those early years. You hear about so many world-class athletes that just kind of blow it. They spend too much money too fast. Money. They, they don't know how to manage their money. They don't know how to manage their life. They get out of control. They do dumb things. And it seemed like, and I'm sure he made some errors, but it just oh, seems yeah. like he really, he must have been surrounded by some good folks, is my guess. I think so too. And, and, you know, and I heard he's very hard on his guys and players. And, you know, he wasn't the most fun person to play around with, but he got the job done. You know, yeah, he, yeah, no it was, kidding. he built a winning culture and, and got the job done. So, absolutely. Um, yeah. So I think that'll be my number one bucket list person. That'd be pretty cool. Absolutely. Well, you've been a great inspiration today and I'm so happy that we were able to connect. Before I let you go, could you share maybe a mantra, success quote, some words of inspiration for our listeners? Yeah. I mean, um, you know, no matter where you come from or, you know, what background, what culture, where you were born, you can really make something out of yourself if, you know, you just work hard at it, you know, put your two feet in front of each other and just keep walking and, and keep taking it day by day and, um, you know, just hard work. Yeah, that's all it takes. <laughs> hard work. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. How can people learn more about Retro Designs? So um, they can visit us on our website, uh, retrodesigns.com or on uh, Instagram, retrodesigns1, Facebook as well, retrodesigns. Uh, those are kind of like the three platforms that we mostly post on and 
do stuff with. Yeah, listeners, I'll put links to all these on Daniel's show notes page. So if you're driving or riding or walking, whatever you're doing as you listen to this show, you can go back to the Cars yeah website and you can find them. You can subscribe. You can follow him. Uh, some really cool builds these guys are doing. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Daniel and his team there at Retro Designs. And I want to do a shout out. Thank you to Joseph Anderson at IB. P Media for introducing me to Daniel. Joseph, thanks. They bring me some awesome guests. Daniel, hey, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and sharing your successes. My hat's off to you and what you're doing. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the road. Thank you. Thank you for having me on today. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Yeah.